Hello, darling. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you know the reason why I'm doing this. I'm doing this to direct people back to who they really are. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm saying that, your music is so inspirational. As you know, it's my um, top downloaded <laughs> music <laughs> on, on Spotify. Like, I got my little replay, and I was like, yeah, it's all your songs. Awesome. And for me, huge honor honestly, for me. Your music, honestly, your music has inspired me, and I think music is a way to connect to the soul, and it's almost like sound frequency combined with a beautiful voice with a beautiful intention really heals thank you yeah no i agree like music has huge impact on people's mood and spirit you know so it's very powerful even in my own life like if uh i don't know like if i'm in a bad mood or something and if i hear a song it can instantly change my mood you know so i think it has that impact on most people I love that. And do you channel like something higher? I mean, what is your, because it, it's, it sounds very connected, right? Um, in some sense, like, uh, I would say my best songs were written, not by me. Like I was just like the vessel through which they came. Like sometimes they just come to you, you know, sometimes you have to sit there and actually work at it and like think about stuff, whether it's through your own life or other people's experiences. If I have a co-writer in the room, maybe it'll be their experience and I'm just the guy singing it. Um, but it could be, uh, yeah, like I would say like some songs like that get written in five minutes, they just come to you. You know, it's, it's, it's a very bizarre experience, but it's it's cool. It's, it's, it's almost like I didn't write the song. It just popped up in my brain, <laughs> you know, oh and I think God. other songwriters <laughs> will tell you that there's a they have that experience, too. So. So yeah, I just love it. Keeping this all about you, and like that creative process, it's like how beautiful to be a channel. Yeah, and like a lot of people don't know, like my music is actually all me because I also produce and mix and master all of it. You know, so it's uh, it's very heartwarming and interesting and amazing to me that so many people connect with something that I create. You know, and it's like a huge privilege to be able to have that impact and. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I got messages from people from all over the world. I've connected with so many people, including you, because of it. You know, so it's uh, it's an amazing yeah. feeling. Yeah, We're on I the other it. side and of I the just... pond, you know. So <laughs> I know, and it's like that freak, like you know, because sound healing frequency is, in essence, healing. So you can heal through all different mediums, and for me, sound the voice, music is the most healing. Some people it's touch, some people it's, you know, all different senses. For me, it's the sound, hence why I love the hypnosis, hence why I love doing this so people can listen to us. Absolutely. So how do you put the sounds together? You know, the sound element. Um, is it vibration or vibrational frequency that heals? I don't know what the science is behind it, but like I do know that music activates certain parts of the brain when people hear it and it can activate your dopamine. It can immediately lift your mood. And I kind of just make what I want, you know, like what I'm feeling in the moment. Um, a lot of people ask about lyrics, but actually 
I think the melody and the music is the thing that really moves me more than the lyrics. And so my focus is always on that first. And obviously, like, I'm an R&B artist, so that's the kind of music that speaks to me the most. And I know you like R&B, too, so... <laughs> yeah, I love R&B. <laughs> so it's my... like that soul music, but it's so lovely because you're so connected to your soul. It is, and, like, the one and thing that I like... The one thing that about R&B that really gets me is, like, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, at the end of the song, like, R&B singers usually go wild with ad-libs, you know? Like, they're just singing their heart out at the end and the final chorus of the yeah. song. That's a very common thing, and it almost only happens in R&B, if you notice it. Like, pop music doesn't have that, and, like, country music doesn't have it, but R&B singers just go completely nuts at the end of the song with their ad-libs because they're trying to get all their emotion and soul into the song, yes. you know? So... That's one thing that, that I really love about R&B that other genres don't have. The passion. The passion, you know? Like, I'm not, not to say that other genres don't have it. They just express it differently, you know? So, like... Yeah, it's almost like, if I think about music, like 112... Um, yeah, exactly. Like music, the R&B that comes to my mind, it's all like, I don't know, like... I think Blackstreet was one of my first songs which I played again and again. Yeah, like, don't awesome, leave yeah. me. Blackstreet, 112 <laughs> are my favorite R&B group. Really? Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> part, part what was your three, favorite song? Part 3 by 112 is my one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, my favorite 112 wow. song would be... Oh, God, there's so many. Their Part 3 just had so many good songs. You know, like uh, Sweet Love, I think. Uh... And then uh, the it's over now. Uh, you know some of their bigger songs like I love that song. Cute. That's one of my now. most favorite songs. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, uh, anywhere. Well, can we can I we love just talk that about one. that song? Can we just talk about that song? Yeah, I love that because one. Because I had that song on repeat at one stage. One really? one twelve. Yeah. It's over now. It's over now. Yeah. Classic. What a tune! Oh my god! Yeah, love that one. Um, what is it about it that we both love? I don't know. It's just like, uh, I guess it's very relatable too. you know, like everybody goes through things where things don't work out, you know, and uh, obviously it's a huge melody and the production is really cool. And the way like Duran's verse when he first sings, like when it, what is this numbers in your pocket? As soon as it comes out, up, it's like, it's, it I'm just catches it. you right away. You know, like it's, uh, it's just so awesome. One of my favorite Isn't songs, it? for sure. Oh my god, you just you sing that beautifully when you do that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> you sound like them, but I love kind of, who uh, that is. I've spoken to him on Instagram a few times. Yeah, he's uh, super cool, and he actually produced that song too. Wow. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Wow, and it's the essence, isn't it? It's like from the so again, it's another soul thing of the pain of like now you don't want to keep in touch with me no more. Mm -hmm. and yeah so i think that's something like uh, everybody relates to that you know like because relationships of all kind can fizzle out you know and i think they nailed that pretty well in that song so they nailed it so well but if i look at like the relationships i think the heartbreak starts initially well, I suppose I should be asking you this question, but for me, it was more at home, like growing up. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first kind of heartbreak. It's, it was kind of like not feeling that like loved at home. And then that mirrored yeah. in relationships, right? That kind of betrayal. And 
again, taking full responsibility of going, okay, that's what I came into the world to help people with heartbreak. Well, you're <laughs> doing a do great that, job. I'm have to... Oh, thank you. Keep it up. But to do that, I'm going to have to have my heart broken, right? And I remember when I came across your music and it was a time when I was going through a healing time in my life. Nice. And your songs, it's almost like your music. It's like what every woman would love to hear. <laughs> it's what you speak to. It's like, <laughs> well, that's you know, cool, yeah. I can't explain it. But 90, 90% of my listeners are. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I think R&B in general, and even in my case, like 90% of my fans and listeners are women. You know, so I think... I don't know. I just think R&B as a genre is just more like it it attracts women more than maybe other genres. You know, like I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but it does. So, yeah, that's cool. Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of just write the songs. Uh, me, either if I write them or I write them with my friend or if he writes them or whatever. I don't know. They just come out that way where I guess maybe they resonate with women more. I don't know. <laughs> so it's interesting, isn't it? Fine by me. About one twelve. <laughs> No, but yeah. <laughs> all the ladies. When I think about like yeah. 112 and Usher and the rest of it, all the men loved that, right? I remember being in China Whites back in the day in London. Yeah, and yeah. the guys were like, you know, like we're busting the... Ch-. So I think, you know, that there, there is a resonance because quite a few of your songs speaks of avoiding intimacy. Um, and... Some of I mean, them do, yeah. I know that you played that Ring song, for example, you co-wrote that, but it was like, I'm not going to... Which I mean, one? That's sorry? one of your ID. You might have more. Which but one? It's like, Which I, like um, the ring one, and maybe some others where it's like I'm going to get back to you. Like it's not that I don't love yeah, you. I've got things a, that I'm, I'm going through. That's a common theme in my songs. Yeah, there's a few of those that are speak to that. And like, um, yeah, it's because like this music thing that I've been pursuing is like such a huge goal, you know, and it's kept me so busy the last five years that I've just has haven't been able to focus on other aspects of my life so a lot of so i channeled that into a few of my songs where there were people like uh women that i was talking to that it just never got past a certain stage because i was like i just can't give you the time that i that you want from me it's not because i don't like you or it's just that i have a limited window to make this happen you know and it's unfortunate unfortunately like it's a sacrifice right but no pain no gain you know how it goes yeah so it's almost like do you think that's following your heart um yeah because i it is definitely because i i definitely try to follow my gut in most instances and it tells me like what i should do in this moment you know and as we get older and we evolve like that obviously changes priorities change but uh yeah, in the moment, like, I just felt like I have to give this my all and my 100% focus, and I couldn't afford any distractions. So, so yeah. So, like, Ring, like, I rewrote those lyrics from, like, a male perspective, but there is some truth to it, like, from my own life, the way I wrote it, you know? So, obviously, the original song is That's by Kelani. So yeah, Kelani and Cardi B. But I just wanted to put a male spin on it and maybe sprinkle in some details of my own life a little bit into it too so and then i have other songs like that like more time low-key that that speak on that those issues as well so 
So yeah. Do you think you can really love someone? Do you think if you really truly love someone, that it is just a case that you're just too busy? I think so because like life is made of choices, right? Like you have to choose at the moment what you have to focus on and like everybody says that yeah you got to have balance in life and i agree you do need balance but when you have a huge goal in front of you you can't afford balance you know like and especially with me like i'm already doing the work of six people you know and so now i've actually one of the lessons i learned from my journey the last five years doing music is that i have to be comfortable working with other people and eventually if i want to scale this to another level like i can't be doing everything alone and because I've done everything alone, I've had to sacrifice other things in my life. Like I've had no time for anything. And uh, so, yeah, it's taught me a really good lesson that way about working with others and not being so, so much of an island, you know, and isolated. So, yeah, yeah and I've learned a lot the last hard, five years. It? It's hard because it's like lonely, me, it? it's very lonely. Like people don't realize, like they think just because you have thousands of followers and like millions of plays on your songs or whatever like people don't realize like how how lonely uh, and isolating the life it can be because i'm literally just sitting in my studio all day just making music you know and it's much more fun to do it with other people yes i can do it all alone but after having done it all by myself uh especially the last year and a half because i don't even work with my co-writer or anyone uh anymore like the last year and a half has been completely me and yeah, like I can get the job done, but, but then I also have to manage the business. Right. So like, I've decided, like, I just can't, this is, it's just not sustainable long-term. I have to, I have to bring in other people now. And that's exactly what I've done. So the next phase is going to be that. And I'm really glad I learned this lesson earlier on, you know, that you can't be to achieve big things. You have to do them together. You can't just be like, Oh, I'll just do it all myself. It's just not possible. It's like, Imagine if Jeff Bezos, you think he built Amazon all by himself? Of course not. <laughs> you know, it's too big. Like you can't or anybody, any business. It doesn't even have to be a business that big. So. So true. It's so true. And I just correlate that to times in my life where I've been seen to have achieved a goal, but got there and it felt very lonely because I'd mm -hmm. done it all alone. And I think yeah, when you're you... self-reliant and when you can do different things, it's easy to go off on that tangent, but at the end, 100%. when you achieve it, it's like, there's no one here with me. There's like, it just feels so lonely. It's very lonely. And like, uh, like me, I learned how to do all this stuff, like producing, recording, mixing, mastering, even doing like marketing and all this stuff out of necessity. Because, and when I started, I did want to work with other people, but then they were unreliable. And if I wanted to get in the studio and I, yeah. I didn't want to wait three weeks to get in, and if I wanted a song, like a change made to a song, I didn't want to have to call the, the guy and be like, oh, can you turn the hi-hats down to two dBs? Like, and he's going to take four days to do it. So these things kept happening. And I'm like, oh, well, forget it. I'll just learn how to do it myself, you know? And so one thing led to another. And it got to a point where I was literally doing everything myself, you know? And I'm grateful that I acquired the skills to be able to do it myself. But now that I can do it myself and I can do it pretty well, like I, I'd rather like you said, it's very lonely and it's for what, you know, like life is made of connecting with people and yeah, cool. I connect with my fans, but I'd also rather enjoy the process and have other people with me when I do it, you know? So 
that's been the biggest change in my perspective, I would say, over the last two years, where even up until two years ago, I was totally hell-bent on just doing everything myself. And then the last two years, I get, I burned out, and I stopped being active, putting out music, and I'm like, I just couldn't take it anymore. It was too much, too boring. So, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying it. to complain. I like, love yeah, that, like I'm, that process. It's like... Yeah. yeah. A lot of people message me on Instagram. They're like, oh, why haven't you released music? Why haven't you been posting? I'm like, literally, because I just needed to get away from it. Five years of just doing this, being in the trenches. It was it was so much that now it's time for a change. You know, like, I'm not going to be able to scale this to another level, continuing the way I have been. The actions that I took got me to this point, which was a good result, but it's not my full goal. And I'm going to have to start trusting other people and uh, to be able to get to the next phase and it's not so much about you have to work with the right people you know like obviously if somebody's unreliable and flaky and whatever then then they're useless they're not going to help you right so (laughs) it's a process i know even from doing this podcast i've been through doing the same thing like people saying they're gonna get back to me and you know with the recording and hence why i've kind of gone down the same route but then eventually you find your people and it's trial Eventually. and error, isn't it? Exactly. Like, you know? uh, yeah, like, for example, if your podcast, if it was just you talking every week, you could knock them out so much faster, you know, and you could. But then if you have guests once in a while, it adds a different dynamic, right? So it's uh, it's the same thing with music. Like, I can finish a song myself so much faster than if I collaborate with other people. I can literally get a song done in two days, maybe three days max. But if I'm working with other people, it might take two weeks, three weeks, because all these ideas have to come together. All Everybody has to approve every change that happens on the song, you know? So whereas if it's just me doing it, it's just my decisions. And I can just literally say, nope, it's done. And so there are advantages to working alone, but it's it's just not as fun, you know? Like, it's way more fun when you have people in the room. Yeah. Way more like fun. Like that whole, you know, like one of mine is like the way you make love is the way you live your life. And it's great. You can make love to yourself, but it gets very boring. <laughs> yeah, it's not as... Uh... <laughs> which that's is all good getting on that vibration that's a good analogy. yeah that's a but good it analogy is. it's like oh yeah. you know it's gonna be oh gosh as the as the as the <laughs> thing shakes but <laughs> there's only oh so God. much of doing it alone you can do until it's like it's just not the same it's that creative Absolutely. process that creation when you're a creative it's like you know like the birth of a baby being born and you're nurturing that space for you as you said like it's so admirable i'm at home I'm doing this. I'm committed. It's almost like when you're birthing a baby and it's like you're bringing others in that are going to nurture you and nurture that and trust in your intuition because you're very mm-hmm. intuitive, aren't you? Uh, maybe now. now how, that do you, how do you trust your intuition? Uh, that's a good question. How do I trust mm-hmm. my intuition? Yeah, like, I, I'm a big believer in following your gut, you know, like, if something feels right, then you should follow that feeling. And if something feels wrong, then you shouldn't follow that feeling. Like, for example, if you're, if you're walking around at night, and you get the feeling that I shouldn't go there, because there might be danger lurking there, then you should follow that, you know, and not do it. So I kind of apply that philosophy to like business and life and whatever, like, if something doesn't feel right, then you shouldn't you just shouldn't follow it. And like, obviously you can be wrong sometimes, but uh, yeah, like uh, that's basically it for me. Like I'm very tuned in with what I want 
And if I feel like something doesn't line up with my goals, my gut will tell me that this is not lining up. You probably shouldn't do it. So for example, like uh, as far as like music goes, like three years ago, when somebody, when opportunities came for me to work with other people, my gut told me, don't do it. You know, this doesn't feel right, but now it does feel right. And now I'm fully on board with it. I'm fully lined up with it, you know? So I think the result mm-hmm. will come from it now. Whereas three years ago, had I done it, I think it just didn't feel like it was the moment to do it. So, yeah. And it sounds like you've been on your own journey, doesn't it? Like if, of going deeper into who you are and into your heart. Yeah, I've done a lot of introspection, definitely, over the years, for sure. Like, you you do a lot of that, too, I'm sure, as you've told me. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> as, you know, as I say, like, it's all like a mirror. And when I listen to your songs, as you said, like, you've gone through this avoidance stage of, I want to do it by myself, I want to be alone. And now it's like, I want to connect. This is yeah. good, but this is not serving me. It's good. It's it's just like it's so boring, you know. Like it's become, uh, it's become routine. Like it feels like, it feels like a job now, you know. We're like, oh, I'm gonna sit down and make a song. I've done it hundreds of times, you know, and it's become very routine. And it needs a fresh dynamic and a fresh spin to it. And it's not even just about the songs. There's people don't realize like being an artist is a business, you know. Like there's a whole business side to this beyond making the songs, and it's a very complicated business. And it it requires a special expertise to manage that side of the business. And yeah, I have some of it. I can do it at a low level, you know, but imagine if I have somebody on the team that's an expert at that side of it, then imagine what you can achieve together, you know, which you just can't do alone. There's just not enough hours in the day. And, and I don't want to do it. I just want to be a singer and a producer. I don't want to, I don't want to be managing the business and doing all that. And I've done it for years and I, it's not for me. I want to have input into it, but I don't want to be the, managing it it's just i don't get to be an artist then you know you don't get to create i don't get to create and that's my main thing i'm an artist and a producer like i don't want to be i don't want to be doing anything but that so and i've had this realization because i've gone through that five-year process you know so it was cool i enjoyed it doing all of it three years ago but it's not i don't know you get older you get wiser and you you change you know and uh Things that used to be fun for you are no longer fun for you, and new is things start. Is that the same becoming... in love? I guess so. Like, uh, I, I, the thing with love is like a lot of people don't realize like love is basically just dopamine, at least romantic love, <laughs> you know, and it wears off after a, a period. Oh, so, come on, tell me, tell me, <laughs> what's yeah, your I mean, perspective? I mean, it is like what, what is being in love? You know, like being in love is just massive amounts of dopamine flooding your body, you know, so. when you're around but that's not going to last it's not sustainable so for you to have like let's say you're married and you want to have a long-term marriage that's going to last and survive then it has to be beyond that it has to have a foundation that's beyond that otherwise because dopamine is not going to last forever right so it fades after a while but you can have i don't know like uh, that's what like from what i've read and like it even from like my old life or from other people that I've seen, like there's always like this peak that happens and then it's just like a slow drop and then things fizzle out. But I think if you have a foundation of trust and a mutual affection and all that, then you have a shot at making it last a lifetime. Is that what's happened to you? 
Well, no, I'm I'm single, so <laughs> not right in, now. Yeah. In your life experience, if we're talking, uh, yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about your relationships, <laughs> yeah, are you talking from experience here? <laughs> Somewhat, like, but I think for it to go the distance, like when you're young, like when you're like if you're like 22, 23, you don't even know what you want, you know. When you're older, you have a better understanding of what you want and you can figure out, okay, is this going to work long term? Are your values the same? Are your goals somewhat similar? Interests, I don't really like whatever. Maybe they're similar, maybe they're not. But I think the biggest thing is values and goals. You have to share that more than anything for things to last. And maybe I'd love to hear your uh, view on that. My view? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obviously. Um have an alignment with values. Alignment, that's the word I was looking for, yeah. It's alignment. And what you're talking about, to me, it sounds like a soul, like dropping more into your soul. It's, in essence, what I said, you're like, are you making love or are you just rushing over the, over the the after the dopamine, which might be fucking, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but it's that element of understanding that that can just fizzle out. And that's not deep intimacy and deep connection exactly so saying that what's your experience being in that journey uh yeah so that's actually i've actually written a song on my upcoming album about that it's about like not trying to move past the superficial and the initial phase of like a year maybe a year and a half you know where things are like deeper and you connect on a much higher level it's a song's called wish for you it's nobody's heard it yet other than me and a couple other people on my team, but Beautiful. yeah, maybe, wow. maybe I'll send it to you I after you can that. listen to it. Yeah. So it's about like, uh, like, like is there a line in the song called, uh, like, let me pull up, I can't remember all the lyrics, but it's basically about like, not just like having superficial relationships or something that's just physical or, and it's more about wanting something very deep and long lasting, you know? Because, like, as a public figure, like, yeah, you'll get tons of messages from women all over the world and all that. But, like, who cares? You know, it's all, like, it's all superficial. I don't know them. They don't know me. Right? So, like, how deep can it possibly be? So that's basically what the song is about. And that song I did write from my own experience because it's something, like, maybe other people might not relate to it, but I can relate to it. You know? So I definitely I wanted to put that one out uh, on my next album. So... Maybe, maybe I'll show it to you. <laughs> not right now. Cause I don't want it. I don't want to get it. Not, I don't want it getting out yet, but, but yeah. So that's my take on it. So yeah. Maybe yeah. So it's going like from superficial. One. And was you tempted when you first got into the limelight with all of this, you uh, know, cause obviously on social media yeah, a little as well, bit. it's yeah. like people appear to be, yeah. Tell me about that journey. Like, did you go for the, go towards it? Because I don't think it's right or wrong. Right. I think, it's no, a like a little process. bit. I, I've uh, dipped my toes in it a little bit, but I don't really agree with that lifestyle of being like just like hyper promiscuous and all that, you know, but uh, I don't think it's good for you long term. It's men or women. I don't think it's good for you. So it's not good for your Was psyche. It not good and... for you? I mean, I yeah, didn't really do much me. of it. Was it not I didn't, good for I... you? I didn't do a lot of it. It's not that it wasn't good. Like, I think it's different for maybe different people, but uh it's just not for me. I'd rather connect on a more deeper level. And so I think that's more valuable. You get more fulfillment from that. So that's what I think. Yeah. 
I kind of, yeah, I hear that it's, it's a process because some people think that's what it is about, right? And there again, there's no judgment, mate. Sometimes you have to go towards that to then realize who you are mm -hmm. and what you yeah. need. Yeah, it's it's very like empty and like, uh, I mean, I haven't like, I can't even imagine like what somebody like, can you imagine like Trey songs or somebody like that? <laughs> what, what the level of attention that they would get, you know, but it's like, I'm just like low level, but yeah, it, that lifestyle is just not for me. It's just, uh, I, I just don't think it's a winning strategy long term for a man or a woman, you know, so that's my I know two cents what you mean. there's this essence of yeah i know exactly what you mean there's the essence of when you know yourself and you know what you're creating you what you're saying is marina that's the most important thing to me number one and number two it's not having distractions and channeling that creative energy which is your sexual energy as well into your work yeah for sure and if you read books like think and grow rich most of the most creative people did this and they didn't get distracted by all these other forms of distraction because they were channeling that creativity. It's your creativity. Most creative people are very highly sexual people. There's nothing wrong with that. But as you're saying, it's like containing it and knowing where to channel it. And that experience of yours, of it kind of not, not being good for your psyche. You I don't know, think it's good for it's anyone. Constant. Yeah, it's bad for society, I think, to be, like, hyper. Wow. Uh, I don't know, like, what good comes out of it? You know, you get broken homes and broken families and nobody wants to, nobody has, like, a long-term mindset. You know, it's all, like, instant pleasure, instant gratification, you know? So, like, how can that possibly be good? If you're constantly chasing instant gratification, how will you build anything long-term? So that's, it's the same thing, really. And somebody like me or anybody, anybody who's a public figure, like you have to be, you have more access to these instant gratification things. So you have to be extra careful, you know? So that's just my take on it. But I think it's a repressive careful. I mean, as you say it, I mean, I think for me, obviously, I think it's quite similar when you're a woman, I suppose you could. Yeah. It's just knowing yourself deeply and knowing, as you said, it's like I could eat the McDonald's, but afterwards I'm not going to feel very good. Exactly. And, and like, knowing yeah, you that about have, yourself. Yeah, like you got to have some fun and whatever. But like, yeah, like as an attractive woman, like you, you can have your pick of the litter anytime you want, you know. So like it's uh, what does that say about you if you constantly indulge in that? It shows that you don't have self-control, mm -hmm. you know, so that's kind of. Uh, it's the same thing with a guy. Like, it's not really a gender thing, but it's, I just don't think it's good for society to be like that. So more than, uh, no judgment like you. I yeah, totally no, understand, no, I totally understand what you're saying. No totally judgment. Uh, There's an element of, yeah, no judgment because sometimes yeah. people have to go down this route to discover who they are. And it's not about judgment, but it's about us talking from experience <laughs> and saying, you know what it's like this is a brilliant example so when I was younger um, I was in a 13 year relationship and when I was younger just to be totally honest my mum cheated and I always feared that I'd cheat and it was a fear that I had right and obviously being single for three years 
but I'm being by myself. It's like I don't even cheat on myself. <laughs> but it's like I just yeah. stay in. I'm doing my little bits. I'm like creating. I'm just I, I like I just don't like I, I'm like oh my god. Does it even feel like I've I don't know like lots of things that you'd think or it's just a, wouldn't even come into my head because I'm creating. I'm doing what I love. And for me, very similar to you, doing my acting, doing this, doing that, it's probably, it's on par with having sex for me. Like, I nice. love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't feel that urge just to go and do that because it, it doesn't make me feel good and it isn't who I am. And yeah, I like, to like each their that. own, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah, like some people... Some people, they, it is, right? They, gosh, I can't believe I just done that again. I just, some people, they, they enjoy that. And it's just that. But I mean, for of me, course, like everyone enjoys intimacy, it. Yeah. It's fun, right? In the moment. But yeah, it's not a good long-term strategy. It's not though, not necessarily. Not unless you're really connected to the person. For me personally, yeah. There's an element of, okay, is it really fun if I haven't built a deep, a deeper connection with someone, if I haven't made agreements with them, if I don't know what they like and what they don't like, if I don't feel safe with them, is that fun or is that self-destruct? Yeah, that's true. So you, you, you pull out the full contract before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Excuse me. Here's the boxes. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but, I, but yeah, I yeah, it's saying, obviously yeah. like letting go of that. But there's an element of, look, listen, sometimes you can just flow in the moment. And I get that. But it's an element of being with someone who's deeply connected to themselves and respects themselves and respects you. And that can go deeper and deeper and deeper mm -hmm. is the dream. And the dopamine hit, well, I think you can keep creating that. If you yeah, love, I think, like, respect, yeah. and honor someone. Yeah, exactly. That was my earlier point. Like, it, it can't just be about dopamine. There has to be something deeper as the foundation for it to last. So that's my... What's, what's your longest relationship? Uh, I don't know, like a year and a half, maybe? Two years? Yeah, not very long. So that's your max. Year and a half, two years. Yeah, because, like, with me, like, I know what I want. And if I haven't seen the signs within the first year, I, I'm not going to waste my time. You know, like, I don't want to waste the other person's time, but I really don't want to waste my own time. And if I don't feel like it's gonna, if it's, if I don't see the future, then what's the point? You know, like, why toil through it if it's not gonna work? Like, I've seen somebody, like, one of my really close friends, he had, like, a seven-year relationship, and he knew by year two that it's not gonna work out. So why waste those, those extra five years? For what? You wasted her time, and you wasted your own time. And you got nothing out of it other than being bitter. And you just lost five years of your life. So I'm very yeah. practical when it comes to <laughs> that, you know? I'm super practical, like, when it comes to that. I'm like, if, if I just know that it's not going to... Because you know after a year, like, compatibility and all that, you know? Like, how obviously people can change. But if you don't know within two years, come on, you know? Like, you need seven years to make a decision. It doesn't make any sense to me. So... Well, that's just my take on it. Yeah. That's how I think. I make fast decisions. It's hard. That's how like, I am. When do you know? When do you know it's the right time to say yes or no? When do you know it's the right time to end it? Yeah. But like, I, I think seven years, like that's uh, that's like a 
crazy long time to be able to make a decision. You know, like I, me personally, I make fast decisions. That's just how I operate. I, cause I follow my gut. I know what I want and I make quick decisions. And I feel like with if whatever it is, even if it's not a relationship, like even if it's like a job that you're doing, if you've been at the job for two years and you're not sure if you want to do it for the rest of your life, are you going to waste another five years at it? You know? So. We know what you're talking thing. about. It's self, it's self-betrayal. Exactly, because yeah. all betrayal starts with self-betrayal. So what you're saying is, Marina, I don't betray myself. Yeah, life is too short. You have to make fast decisions and know what you want. So that's kind of that's kind of how I think see it. So after two years, two years you're longest, year and a half. Yeah, about that. It's been so long. I've been pretty much just. Uh, I guess music is my longest relationship. I've been doing nothing but this for six years now, so five years. <laughs> music uh music is a jealous mistress you know so she eats up all your time (laughs) it's the love of your life and you are the love of your life right and yeah you know that yeah like you just started your podcasting journey you know so i'm glad that you're enjoying it i hope that you continue to enjoy it for years to come and the passion stays strong in you the whole time and you know what? It's just like being with it, right? And being with the passion and like loving this and knowing that, you know, that might take me somewhere else and that might lead me to something else. And that's okay, right? And that's the dance of life to enjoy the passion and the flow and to see where it goes. And like exactly. what you said, as Marina, I wasn't enjoying it, doing it by myself. It became like work. It wasn't I haven't, passion. I haven't for two years now, almost two years. And it's been super boring. And I'm like, I barely want to do it. Like, I don't care anymore if it's not going to be, like you said, if it doesn't serve you anymore, you have to either change something or you have to take a different approach. Yes. So So what are you doing? Your, what is your, so your new approach is connecting with others, doing it with others. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in the process of finalizing like a partnership and all that. And, uh, so that will alleviate a lot of the business pressures on me. And it'll also free up my time to do other things. And in some ways, I'll also be a lot busier. But it's it's good. Like, nobody likes being idle, right? And then uh, I, uh, yeah, it'll just be, I think, it'll be a more organic and cohesive way to scale and move forward. So that's uh, that's I basically the goal. I love mean, that. I, 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 so I'm hearing about the growth and moving forward and that's not moving forward has been like a weight on your shoulders. It's dragged you down. Yes, exactly. And it, and before, and then there's was... another element of like, what got you into this in the first place? Like it's that Music? deeper purpose, that deeper passion, that deeper meaning. Uh, yeah. So like, I don't know, like when I got my first job out, out of university, like I just knew that I can't do this. Like, this is just not for me. And then I still did it for years. Like I had a full-time job and then I had like a part-time job up until, until like 2017 and I was doing other stuff on the side and I just knew like, I can't work for somebody else. One, not because I don't, it's like, I think I'm above it or anything. It's just, it's just not my personality. Like I like to just make my own schedule. I like to do things my own way. And uh, 
you can't do that when you have a nine to five job. Even if you like the job, you have to ask permission to take vacations. You have to like, it's, it's fine. There's benefits to it, but it just wasn't for me, you know? And I realized, I realized that very early. As soon as I, as soon as like literally my, my first day on the job, I just knew like this, this is just not it. But then I still did it. Cause I had, I had to, I had bills to pay and all that. So I kept going. I had many jobs for like six, seven years, I think four or five. But uh, so I tried a lot of different stuff. And that's when I knew that I have to follow my own passion. And I always loved music. And obviously, like I knew I could sing. And then I had to learn how to produce and become a better songwriter and all that. So that's kind of how it started, just from my desire to want to be independent and carve my own path beautiful and was it was there anything behind serving or you know helping maybe a younger you like because I feel your music is very healing is really? it healing well, parts maybe is it something you would want to hear when you were younger uh probably because my younger self also really liked R&B <laughs> you know so uh, yeah. but that's like a more superficial uh yeah for sure like the music I used to make when I was younger was just like, it was fucking brutal. It was so bad when I started out, but I used to think it was amazing, you know? And now when I listen to it, my skin crawls, like it's, it was so bad, you know? And, uh, but when I, but I think you need that, you know, like as when you're younger and starting out, you think everything is amazing and that delusion keeps you going. And then as you keep going, you keep improving wow. and getting better. Right. So yeah, I like, love that. I love that fantasy that it's almost like, you know, when you're first in love with someone yeah. and then that illusion keeps you in it. But I yeah. love it that you correlated that to live in your passion in music. Oh, 100%. Like my earlier stuff was absolutely fucking awful. It was so bad that like I and in fact, it was pretty bad up until I would say 2014, 2015. It was OK, like it was passable and I had a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube. I had a hundred other songs that I had to delete because I was so embarrassed of them. And uh, people don't know this, like the stuff I have now, like even some of it now, I don't like all of it, but it's passable. Like it's okay to leave it up. However, up until 2014, 15, like it was, some of the stuff was so bad that like when I hear it now, because I still have it on my computer, like it makes my skin crawl. But I think a lot of artists go through this because this is just the process you have to go through to become good at your craft. You know, so you have to, like, you're an actress, like, imagine you probably didn't like your earlier performances, you know, when you didn't know, the, when you didn't know the ropes. And now, yeah, there's an might... element of, I, I'm, mm, but it's almost like, I, what I hear, like, from a coaching perspective, is like a really big inner critic, like the skin crawling, because, I mean, I love this younger self that took risks, and that put it out there. Yeah. And you know what? you know fuck it if it's not perfect because yeah. if that younger self wasn't around you wouldn't be where you are today and 100%. it's that standing in the face of failure standing in the face of hey i'm just gonna put it out there and it's the only way we learn it's the only way we grow it's like if we don't go towards a relationship we're not gonna fucking learn how to love i'm sorry we're just not you're not gonna love yourself by sitting in a room you're just 100 and that's one thing it's i am very grateful thing. for that i had the balls to actually go for it when a lot of people didn't you know because <laughs> excuse my language <laughs> but uh yeah okay cool i've been trying not to swear and stuff but obviously i let a few out my bad but uh, oh no brilliant no it's loud on mine 
But this is um, it. It's about expressing ourselves fully. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna be like 90 year old me will be very happy that 22, 23 year old me did it. You know that he went for it against a, a lot of opposition because the culture that I come from, they're not very fond of you pursuing something like music. You know, so. Like, I love tons, this. So let's talk into that then. Fucking yeah, courage. So like, Fierce courage. Yeah, like, I've always been a bit of a rebel, and I just do what I want. So I was going to do it regardless of whether my relatives and family or whoever thought it was a stupid idea for me to do it. In fact, it got so bad. Like, I was when I sold my house and I put all the money into my music career, people thought I was absolutely fucking crazy for doing that. You know, so. But I had to do it because, like, selling a property and an asset and putting it into something precarious like music. You know, it's, uh, but that's what it takes. If you believe in yourself and you have the balls to do it, then you do it. So I did that six years ago in 2017. And a lot of people thought I was nuts. I actually sold, I had another property that I was a co-owner of. I even sold that one, you know, so <laughs> everybody thought I was crazy. I was like 30 years old or something and I did it. And it's, uh, people thought I was nuts and this is even before, like, when I was in my 20s and when I was started doing it, they're like, oh, I don't know if you should do this. You should keep your job or whatever. But then as I got older, I went extreme. Like, I, I cut off all ties. I burned every bridge behind me. I sold my house, and I that's how I went full-time with music. And uh, wow. I, I hope somebody hears that and gets uh, gives them the courage to do it, too. Because especially, like, from my, like, people of my culture, like, I hate to say this, but they're not very supportive of the arts, you know, at least the older generation is. Yes. Yeah, so what I mean, explain what is your culture like to anyone? So my background is it. What my, my background is Pakistani mostly. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, I have a couple of drops of some other stuff in me. I'm actually one eighth English, too, which is random. But <laughs> very. <random>. so <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but I am. But uh, yeah, everywhere uh, this English, English people. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the, the empire stretched all over the planet, right? So I'm sure their genes are everywhere. <laughs> so. so let me tell you your culture. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so basically, like, everybody wants you to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant. And if you're not one of those three things, you're basically a, a fucking loser. That's basically the culture. And uh, where does that come from? Where does I that don't come know. from? The, the, they're just not, like, supportive of the arts. It's not like, I don't know, maybe it's like a, I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but they're like, if you're not a doctor, like, or some, some kind of professional. And I, I went to university, like I graduated, but I didn't do, like, I didn't do my master's or anything like that just because I didn't want, I just wanted to pursue music after that. And I, was, I started doing what my What did you C graduate in? I did business and accounting. And then I was going to do my CPA. Of course or, you did, darling. Of course, of course you did. Like, what else am I going to do, right? Like, <laughs> like if you don't do that or law or medicine, you are a loser in this culture. It's just that this is just how things are seen. And I can't go to my, yeah. go to my family. Uh, yeah, well, fuck this. I want to be an R&B singer. They're like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know, so it, this is just how, <laughs> yeah, this is just how the culture is. And I'm glad it's changing now. You're seeing more people of East Asian, South Asian, Middle Eastern descent doing things more in the arts now, you know, but like, 10 years ago it was nothing so wow i didn't care it didn't stop me just because 
you only live once you got to just do it you know so it's uh yeah but in our culture like even now i don't get the hate that i used to from family and relatives because like now i have some outward success like once you get the blue check mark on instagram and you have 100 million plays on your songs like people will back off a little at that point you know but it's uh, when, is that when they backed off is that when they backed off literally the day i got the blue check on instagram like a whole bunch a bunch of my relatives messaged me they're like oh wow like that's crazy and i'm like you realize it means nothing right but but now because you look legit it's like it's it's such a superficial thing but like uh to me that doesn't mean anything getting getting that you know but to other people it does but that and then when they see that you have like millions of plays on your songs then then they kind of be like oh okay maybe there is some something to this but in the early days when i had no fans and no followers no streams nothing like no ever i was getting hated on like hard up until probably 2019 2020 by even relatives and 2020 is when things started picking up for me during the pandemic so uh even even now like i'm nowhere near my goal but i feel like now i have a good launch pad to get to my goal you know but three four years ago that wasn't the case and uh i love it that you followed your heart and did you have anyone backing you at all going you know you yeah so like my your... siblings my siblings were very supportive my sister brother my mom was too my dad wasn't until recently uh i guess some people just need to see success right they just need to see that it's working whereas some people will believe you believe in you from the beginning just by just because of your talent or whatever and then uh or maybe they just want to support you i do have supportive relatives too that have supported me from day one like a few cousins and but i would say most of them weren't but now they kind of are because what are they going to say now you know like it's it's working now so they can't really say at this point that it's not so it's uh some people just need to see visual success that's just how it goes and either way it wasn't going to stop me even if nobody supported me i was never gonna i just wasn't gonna listen to them anyway so it would have made no difference so i just do what i want and it's about them and it's about <laughs> their limits isn't it isn't yeah, it yeah like a lot of these people have their own you. dreams yeah sometimes they just hate because they didn't have the balls to do it themselves you know and or the courage to do it them, themselves and now they see you doing it and they don't like that because it reminds them of their own failings. So. Yeah. Cause so often we just do what our parents say. I remember my parents being very similar. I was very creative. I wanted to act same type of thing. And they're like, no, 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 you need to be a lawyer. Yeah. Like, like, oh, but I love art. What are you going to do with art? Well, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like does the world really need another accountant or a lawyer? You know, like, well, not when AI's coming, my love. <laughs> AI's coming. Yeah. AI, yeah, it definitely AI, won't. That's what I say to my kids. That's say the thing. Like children. AI is going to replace a lot of these, a lot of these industries and fields, and that's pretty scary. You know, like a lot of people. It's funny. Like so many people told me, "Oh, you know, music is a very uh, risky business. It's precarious." And yes, to a degree, it is. But streaming has actually changed that. Like I, I know a lot of people that lost their jobs during the pandemic, but my income actually went up in the pandemic because people were consuming my music much more, and I was obviously getting paid more royalties and all that. And it was very stable and still is to a degree. And, uh, you know, like, how can you say that there's less security in this when I actually think there's more security in it because I control it and it's independent of what the economy is doing. People listen to music, whether it's 
the economy is good or bad. In fact, in, in bad times, they listen to it more. So it's it's almost recession proof. Yeah, it's almost recession proof. People don't realize yeah. that. It's actually less risky than doing a job, provided that you're good at what you do and you've built it to a, a certain level. Obviously, you need it to get to a certain point for it to be for it to be that. But it, yeah, you know, imagine you had a job and you lost it. Now what? What are you gonna do now? It's so true. It's like following your passion, following your heart, doing it for a reason to give back. And as you said, music heals. And it's the essence of, I feel that you're, because obviously I'm about love and love alchemy and transmuting things through love. But your music does that too with how anyone, like if a guy watches it or listens to it, watches it, but listens to it or even watches and wants to see the video and can resonate with a time where he didn't want to be in a relationship or a woman listens and says, oh, I really, you know, this is what I'd love a man to say to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's one song that I've got that um, I've, I've played. Someone recommended it to me and um, it's on my playlist, but I would listen to it before I go to bed. And it's like this beautiful, like old, old song of this man saying, he loves me so much. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's what we need to hear. Sure, and it's parts yeah. of ourselves. And if we haven't, like, if, when you coach someone, if you if they haven't had that enough, it's building that inner wisdom, building that voice, so they connect to that more than the one that goes, oh, you know, oh, you're making my skin crawl, like the one that you said, that keeps you mm -hmm. small and keeps you not doing anything. Because we, you know, our parents' voices become our voices, and the only 100%. way we help that grow is. I would say to anyone, anyone that I coached, like find the love song, find that song, that, them words that you want someone to say, listen to it because it goes into your subconscious mind. And before you sleep, your brain is in theta. So them words go into your subconscious mind and it almost builds your self-esteem. It builds you up and your songs speak to that. So if, they, if people listen to them, like when they woke up, when they went to sleep, men or women, men, if they wanted to like, you know, <laughs> it's just, it, it talks into that. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you resonate with what I'm saying with them lyrics? Yeah, absolutely. Like me personally, I'm not, I'll be honest. And I, I know this is weird because I'm an artist, but I actually don't really pay attention to lyrics much, at least in the beginning. I listen to the melody. Melody speaks to me much more than lyrics do, you know? So but yeah, like the, the lyrics are the the thing that people, some people, like maybe you grab more lyrics initially. Is that how uh, like they hit you it's first? It's the element of I know, right? So the power of your subconscious mind. So when you do hypnosis, you do it, you say the word sleep and your brain goes into theta, right? Mm -hmm. So your brain is already in theta. So the words are going into your subconscious mind. Right. So... The melody and tune, right? You get into it, you get the rhythm, you get, you get the soul. And I, and I get all that. So it's like, but it's the words that penetrate your soul. It's like what you've always wanted to hear. That's true. Like they are kind like, of I programming you. you. Yeah, they are kind of programming, They're programming you, you at some level. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's weird. Like, because I don't know. there's like... a lot of R&B out there that works the other way, right? Yeah. Which can be, there's R&B out there that can be kind of like, you know, derogatory to certain things yeah and, like some of know, it is pretty like some of it is a bit demeaning to women and stuff too and i try to keep it classy in my own lyrics and stuff but 
yeah uh, i agree like it's uh it's funny because i'm so bad with lyrics that i forget my own lyrics all the time <laughs> so so uh that's that just goes to show you how uh, unimportant yeah like i'll remember them if i have to like when i'm re rehearsing but i'll write a song and record it and literally a week later i'll forget the lyrics because it's out of my mind but i'll never forget melodies so i don't know i guess that's just how my brain is wired but yeah i never forget melodies even in most of my songs like even melodies. when i'm i'm like a melody guy like when it comes to songwriting like i'm i come up with melodies like lyrics take me forever to come up with and in fact the only times they come fast is when i told you like when like some inspiration just hits and the whole song just writes itself but that doesn't happen very often it's once in a while i only write songs maybe twice a year where i have this period of like extreme inspiration and motivation and i'll just get like 10 songs done in a week and then i'll take the following months to produce them or whatever the ones that i like and uh yeah so that's uh that's kind of how i do it but i agree with you like the lyrics that can be very sense. powerful and they can program you but i'm i've always been a melody person personally my friend who i write with he's a lyric person so he's like amazingly fast at writing lyrics and like just crazy fast it's insane like he can write an entire song in five minutes <laughs> so uh so that's why we make we made a good team because i come up with melodies very quickly and he comes up with lyrics and obviously he does melodies really well too and i can do lyrics too but yeah so that's uh yeah so for me it was always melody first i love that and the melody and the healing with that with the tune but it's almost like to write lyrics i mean for me to write and produce something i'm going to sit there and it has to come from my heart it has to come from my soul like if yeah. you could do that all the time it i don't know if it would resonate because mm -hmm. it depends if you're using your own inspiration or your own things that are in your life or you're getting out there to experience stuff then you're so going to get it more than just as you said sitting at home alone yeah, so the problem with that is that if you only rely on your own inspiration, like it's going to be very hard for you to put out 200 songs, you know, because how much can you write about your own two, three experiences or 10 experiences even, you know? So it's uh, what the way I would do it is there are songs that I've that I've performed that uh, that I didn't write any lyrics in. My friend did. Like I had him put in the, in the structure and the melody and stuff, but like I have a song called Try It. I didn't write a single word in that song, but it's still an original song. I, I obviously made the beat and I recorded it and I helped with the melody and stuff, but I didn't write a single word in it. And, but I wouldn't have performed it if I couldn't, uh, if I didn't think it was something that would work for me. Like, I'm not going to just sing any lyric that somebody else writes if I feel like it doesn't suit me or if it's off brand or if it's, if it doesn't suit my personality, I won't sing it. So that's kind of how I maintain the authenticity if I didn't write the lyrics. It's the same thing as doing a cover, right? Like I'm not going to cover a song that I don't think suits me or suits my personality. I didn't write the, the lyrics to a cover, like something like, uh, like all I have to give the Backstreet Boys song. Um, I feel like I can do that song because, you know, I like it obviously. And it's something that is on brand for me, but I wouldn't do a s cover of, Baby One More Time by Britney Spears because it'll sound stupid doing it. <laughs> you know, so if that makes any I, I, sense. Are you sing that song so beautifully? My, Thank you. Know, you. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Gorgeous. Wow. It, yeah, it's even better than the original. Um, oh, I appreciate that. 
I think the original would have been better. Yeah, I think the original would have been better if AJ sang the whole song rather than the other three. But that's just my two cents. AJ from yeah, the Backstreet Boys. I, I think probably I agree with that. Because like, he's the like way a, you sing he, it. Yeah, because he's an R and B singer too. Like the way he sings, he sings like an R and B singer, and that song is very R and B. And it's whereas like Nick and Brian and all those guys are good singers, but they don't have the voice. Their voice doesn't suit that melody. I think personally, you need like if AJ should have just done that whole song, then it would have been absolutely amazing. But whatever, it's still a really, it's still an amazing song. So but you sing it so much better. So much better. I, you. you know, I agree. And do you know, is it about quantity or quality in what you do? Uh, so it was about both. And initially it was more about quantity because I wanted to get the reps in. I wanted to practice my producing, recording, singing, mixing, mastering, all that stuff. Now it's become about quality, which is why I'm not putting out as much music as I used to. The last couple of years I haven't. And because I want to use every ounce of skill I have to making the best product I possibly can. And I don't want to have the pressure of having to release music and post on social media while I'm doing this. I'm actually putting my next album together right now because I'm not doing covers anymore. I'm not doing remixes or anything like that. Like I want to just put all my energy into my own art. So now it's only about quality and I'm not going to record any song just for practice now. Just I used to do that. I used to just record everything because I needed practice, but I don't need practice now. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it on a song that I feel is a waste of my time. So, so now it's all about quality. Yeah. Now it's it's only about quality. Yeah. It's only about quality now. And you. Yeah. Like it's also about my fans. Yeah. But I mean, it's almost like you stepping into you, right. And being like, this is who I am. I know that my worth, I know what I can do. You love the melodies. If I think of like, I don't know if I'm saying his right name right, but Alexis French, like it's all about just him on the piano. And I don't know if you know him as an artist, but it's all about that melody. Uh, no, that I don't produces. think so. I'll look it's him phenomenal. up now. Like purely like the same thing, like Channel's God. And it's like, wow. And it's just like, it hits your soul. It's classical, but, you know, and it's like, that's you. Yeah. And I yeah, love like- that. And that's one of the reasons, like, I get requests to do covers, like, all the time. And even though I've said it, like, 50 times now that I'm not doing them anymore. And it's cool. Like, obviously, not everybody sees everything you post on social media. But it's flattering that they want me to do it. But, like, I feel like it's not my art if I'm singing somebody else's song. You know, like, it's, I'm just doing a rendition of something they came up with, which is cool. I can make it, I can make the production my own. But the song isn't mine. Like, all I have to give, I didn't write that song. It's not my song, you know. I made it mine kind of with my version, but there, there's a limit to that. So I feel like you have to make your own art at some point. And I've gotten to that point where it has to be just my art now. I, I can't sing other people's songs at this point. Beautiful. Did you stop listening to other people's music to do that? <laughs> it's funny you ask that. Like, I'm also my own top artist on Spotify, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> you know but uh, <laughs> but, uh I love so that. I, i'm i'm in the i had like four thousand people that had me as their top artist or something and i'm one of those four thousand people you are too so thank you for that <laughs> i appreciate that so we're both in that oh, pile but uh it's, it's weird like that i guess i do listen to my own music more than i thought i did i listen to a whole bunch of stuff i even listen to country music 
rock music. I listen to everything, like a lot of stuff. R&B is still my favorite, but I also like pop music a lot. In fact, my next album is a lot more pop than my old stuff. It's like 80s pop kind of mixed with R&B. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't just listen to me, but I guess I do listen to me more than I thought I did after being my own. I was in the top 0.01% of my listeners or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, I love that. I mean, the thing is, I have so many songs, right? Like, I have 160 songs out. So it's not like some of them have, are like new songs again to me because I haven't heard them in years. So it's... Uh... That's phenomenal, actually. And I feel, you know, like for me, I stopped following everyone on Instagram because I was like, I want to be a creator, not a follower. And I don't watch TV. So I don't watch people act. And it, and it comes from like, okay, these are the words and how am I going to interpret that? But it's the element of sometimes when you're creating, for me, I don't know the same as you, it's like, I don't want to be, it comes to a point where you're like, no, like when you're stepping into your power and you're going, no, Marina, I'm, I'm only going to do my own stuff. There's something powerful in that and admirable. There's an element of knowing who you are. 100%. I agree. Yeah, and like how many people do? Because these days we're like, oh, you want to be like this, you want to look like this, you want to follow this fashion, you want to do this, you want to post the same picture as everyone else. Like, how have you cultivated that? And how can you inspire others to do the same? Yeah, like I haven't unfollowed everyone yet on Instagram, but uh, but to be fair, like I never like look at any people's posts and stories anyway. Like I'm barely ever on there. I only go on to check DMs and to post or myself. Otherwise. I try to avoid the distractions of social media as much as possible. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, how do I, I don't know. I guess it was a process of just learning to do everything myself. And then it got to this point where it just became a thing. And like, kind of like you, like you don't watch other performances or TV and stuff. So you can, when you act, it's coming only from you. There's no outside influence, you know, but with me, I do I do obviously have a lot of musical influences, like the underdogs, Craig David, all these guys are have been huge influences on me. But now, but after doing it all myself for so long, I think I've made something that's kind of just mine now. You know, I have my own sound. So, but it was a process of getting there. When I started producing, I used to just copy. There were two producers, music producers, that I used to just copy like crazy. Brian Michael Cox and the underdogs. So to give you an example, like Brian Michael Cox produced Be Without You by Mary J. Blige. You know that song, right? Yeah. So I love that song. Yeah. The Underdogs produced like How You Gonna Act Like That by Tyrese and a whole bunch of other stuff. True. Like No Air, no Air by, yeah, that's my favorite song ever. Uh, really? That, oh How my You God. Gonna Act Like That? That is my favorite song of all time. the lyrics on that one? Go on. It's everything. Like, the melody, the production, the lyrics, his vocal. Tyrese's vocal on that song is just insane. Like the way he sings that song. The melody is amazing. Can you remind us a little bit of the song? How you gonna up and leave me now? How you gonna act like that? You know that one, right? That I song. Know, I love that song. <laughs> I love that. That's like my favorite song ever. So, uh, I mean, I have a lot of other favorites too, but like I would say that's probably my all-time favorite song. I just love that song. And... Uh, Everything about that song is as flawless to me. The mix, the production, the harmonies, the vocal production, the vocal performance. Like, it's just a masterpiece to me. 
So I used to copy them a lot, the underdogs, who are my favorite music producers. And I used to copy Brian Michael Cox a lot, who I liked, but not as much as the underdogs. And then I learned by copying, you know, and then I started putting my own spin into it. And then other influences came in and then it became what it is now. Even if you listen to my music, if you listen to the way I do my bass lines to this day, it's very similar to how the underdogs do their bass lines. A lot of people won't pick up on it, but the like if you listen to my music and you go listen to any song that the underdogs have produced and you listen to how I do my bass lines, it's very similar. So that influence is still there to this day. So yeah, wow. I have See, to like, give credit where it's what, due. What, what, what genius, to be fair, to sell. It's almost like, you know, what I'm getting, what I did get earlier from this is something around teaching. Like there's an element of, would you ever teach what you do? Uh, at this point, like I did write a book and all that. So like, I wouldn't, I, I kind of made a course back in the day. I never did anything with it. I didn't promote it or anything, but it was just something to get a break from making music. I'm like, oh, why don't, why don't I try writing this? I'm making a course. So I did do that. I haven't pushed it yet because I just don't have the time to market it and build a whole brand around that yet. So who knows in the future I might, I wouldn't do it my, like, I wouldn't do it myself. Yeah. I would. I would just promote the course, but I wouldn't spend my own time teaching at this point. It's just, it's not something I enjoy. But get somebody else to promote. This is what I mean, yeah. like a digital almost yeah. course, because it yeah, seems yeah. like you had that courage to go learn yourself, to almost imitate what the greats done. And then through that, you made your own process, which by doing that, you've obviously simplified it. And there's so much expertise and knowledge there, I feel, for other young men like yourself, or women that want yeah, to do for this. Sure. Like, it would be cool to have more course. women. Yeah, it'd be cool to have more female music producers. And I think there are more now, which is a good thing. It was a very male-dominated industry up until 10 years. Even today it is, but I think it's changing now. So yeah, if, if my course can help people, for sure. I would love for uh, bring somebody on that can do the marketing. I just don't have the time. I Like, I made the course, but I never did anything with it because I just don't have time. But maybe I will in the future. So if anyone's listening in that's a marketing person, get in touch. Yeah. Because I think there's an element of what a gift. And yeah, that's I don't know many women that produce. I wouldn't even know how to get into producing. There are a, a few. A woman, uh, right? uh, I mean, like you can learn it the way I learned it. Like just I learned how to produce music off YouTube, you know, so that's obviously available to everyone, women and men. Um, there are some uh, some female mix engineers and that have mixed some huge songs producers it's 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 definitely cha it's changing now you know so like it, it up until 20 years ago it was completely male dominated you know so now it's it's changing which i think is a good thing so it should be yeah i love that I, and i love the fact that you can help and teach that yeah i'd love to yeah probably not me personally because i just don't want to spend the time teaching because i'd rather just do it through the digital course but uh yeah, I mean, yeah, just even if they could buy it, right? Yeah, like a I wouldn't go and want to teach a course, like go in like a classroom and teach and not at this point. It's just, I've taught like jujitsu. Like I'm only a purple belt in jujitsu, but I've taught, it's all right. Like it's not, teaching is not something I enjoy much. Sometimes, you know, it's a cool to do once in a while, but it's not something I would want to do a lot of. It's almost so. just like sharing your gifts and talents and whoever wants to buy that online. And yeah, you've done exactly. your duty, you know? Yeah, exactly. You'll give back. Exactly, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you should teach I too. Well, you kind of do already. You do coaching and all that. 
Yeah. Yeah, but there's an element of like the same as you. Like I want to put my hypnosis tracks online, and then people, the right people, can find it. And then you're obviously serving, you're helping, you're, you know, yeah. providing something, your gifts, your talents. But at the same time, you're conserving your energy to create, exactly and to produce, exactly. Yeah, I think and that's to connect. A better way to do it. Yeah, so yeah, you should write your own. Uh, I think in today's day and age, I think it can it can impact more people. So I would rather everyone be able to have my hypnosis for a pound than charge I don't know how much. Like some coaches that I know that charge two hundred thousand for a year. Wow. Yeah. Like I would prefer that. Yeah, and then you can so scale it's just much knowing better. what impact. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's more people can. For me, when I was young, I had no one. So very similar to you. I didn't have, you know, I remember lonely times in my life where I used to read Proverbs out of books, really random, and Bible quotes. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, when I was like cool. struggling when I was young. And if I had social media then to find, or maybe somebody else that was getting bullied or somebody else that felt alone or somebody else, then that would have really helped me. And I think of low times where I've watched a motivational speaker or somebody inspirational, it's really helped me. So if I can be that person in somebody else's life, then I've lived my purpose. Absolutely. 100%. And that's what gives you fulfillment. So... I love that. Like, it's a noble I'm like, yay! Like, if I leave the world tomorrow and people can just have that and not feel alone, because I think we've got that synergy of going through times in our lives where we felt alone. Mm -hmm. For me, and... I felt it more like the pandemic obviously made things worse. You know, like that was for me. I didn't think it was going to hit me as hard as it did, but it did. You know, and I think a lot of people went through that. I don't know how your experience was with that, but obviously, worldwide, a lot of people had mental struggles through that period what was that like for you uh well see like with me because i'm always locked in my studio making music and my social outing was jujitsu like i would go to my gym brazilian jujitsu and i was doing that four or five times a week because that was my social outing that was how i would exercise and that was completely taken away from me for a year you know like all of a sudden lockdown taken away and it really did mess me up a lot because that's how i would keep my sanity you know and uh i love jujitsu like it's one of my favorite things in the world but it was suddenly all of a sudden government announced it's oh you can't do it and they kept and it was the case for like over a year you know so obviously like yeah it was it was tough and obviously that's a pretty small thing compared to what other people like other people lost their jobs and their livelihoods and that's way worse you know than what happened to me but it definitely it was tough not being able to do it so yeah because this is about you know because i think so often we compare ourselves and our journeys to someone else and make our emotions wrong and yeah it's okay it's okay to yeah like i don't want to sound like a crybaby either like i'm extremely privileged you know but other people had it way worse but even me, like I'm, I've always been like a recluse where I just sit and do my own thing. But if it hit me, imagine somebody who's very social and very constantly needs their friends around. Like imagine how hard it would hit somebody like that. You know, that's, that, that was my point pretty much. Like and I'm that, perfectly happy amazing, being alone. It? It's yeah. like, 
you're you're saying Marina, I'm an introvert. I'm not an introvert, yet, like I'm more of a recluse. Yeah. I wouldn't say like I'm very social and friendly with people when I'm around people, but I'm equally happy just being by myself. So um and I'm very outgoing. Because you know what maybe that's the word, yeah. Do you know what the difference is? Not quite. Because no. an introvert gets their energy from being alone. An extrovert gets their energy from a group. And an ambivert gets their energy from being alone and in a group. Okay, so that's me because I love being around people, but I also love being alone. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so I guess yeah. thank you for teaching me that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, like I love being around people, but I'm equally happy sitting alone in my studio and just making making songs and whatever. So, yeah. So, yeah, it did hit me. I don't know. How was it for you? The pandemic it was a very different time i think the different the, the thing is for me when i had my children it was like covid on steroids because i went through that time then where i went out a lot all my friends disappeared and then i had a crying baby waking me up all the time i didn't go out and i just stayed at home so i'd already gone through that transformation of where i kind of looked at myself in the mirror and didn't like parts of myself and kind of went into I'd say that then the difference was in this lockdown, I was obviously going through my divorce. Right. And I did a lot of grieving. And even though I was grieving, I was so grateful. There was so much grace for this space. So it was interesting. It was One of the times where I think acting is probably one of my things that got me through, right? Being able to pick up a script and go, okay, I can channel this this feeling into this character. I can do something I just, you know, love. And for me, that was the acting. I turned to the acting. <laughs> People turned to all different things, but I turned to like a childhood passion, which was taken away from me. And I think connecting to that and different parts of myself, like the shadow part, like the darkness, being able to play like a horrible character or a crying character, but it's just like all emotions are valid, right? And being able to, to express myself through acting. I think, again, it's very similar to music. Mm -hmm. What a gift, because guess what? It's okay to have all of you. Like I'm very out there with this is who I am because I want to show people it's okay to have different parts of yourself and to have light and dark and everyone's human and no one's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, was like a, it was like the beginning of a new chapter for you. So there comes a little bit of pain, but growth comes from that too. It's like grieving, but it's grief. But then, wow. Like I could always step into the grace and gratitude for that experience of an emotion. Wow, that's tell amazing. me about you with what you had gone. Uh from the pandemic? Mm. Yeah. Uh yeah, so like we had to make changes. Like we started training secretly without like in people's basements and garages. And after three, four months of not being able to train, so like a few of my friends would get together in my friend's garage and we would train there. So like we kinda did it that way and then the good thing that happened was that my music like fan base and stuff grew a lot during that time. So it really started to like 
get get more uh reach more people and that was that was the cool thing that i was able to connect with a lot more people so that's something good that came out of it and uh yeah it also made me realize like just how short life is and like how important it is to have new experiences and how things can take get taken away from you so quickly that it's important to like really live fully each day and have new experiences that's why as soon as uh the flights were open in fact we weren't allowed to fly or go anywhere for like a year and a half so as soon as we were allowed i booked a two-month trip to europe and that's when i went last year for two months because i'm like i I need to do it now while i can and then i came back then this year i decided to do two months in mexico which i loved like in, in fact i loved it so much that i would consider even living there and uh so it taught me to like take action fast and like if you want to have an experience go do it you know like don't wait because you never know like you know like look at what's happening in ukraine you know like we're on Mm. the brink of a world war potentially god forbid i hope it doesn't happen you know but look where that came from it came out of nowhere and uh you never know when when things can change quickly like the pandemic nobody saw that coming and everybody had to lose two years of their life because of it. And so I, I, that's why I did it like right away. I'm like, cool. I need to have a reset. I'm going to go to Europe for two months. And it was awesome. And I'm very grateful that I can even do that because I'm, because of the, the work that I do, it's all online. I can pick up and leave anytime I want, you know? So that's uh, something I'm very blessed and privileged to be able to do. I love that. And you're ordering your values. And I think when you honor your values, so I hear that you've got big values around freedom, adventure, um, living in the moment, like living in the now. I don't know what value that would be. Yeah. But I'm hearing these, you know, freedom, adventure, nature is one of my top values. Yeah, definitely. I'm hearing, yeah, I'm hearing that, like that connection. And I feel... What happens is when people get depressed, what I found when I've worked with people, it's because they're not living their values. They can't, they can't live their values or they're not honoring Absolutely. them. Or it's, um, they've got a high value. So say, for example, someone's got a high value around loyalty, but they're being disloyal and there's that internal conflict that causes depression. So there's a couple sure. of things I've realized. So it's like, be true to you, like know who you are. And live your values as much as you can and honor that trust your intuition and as we're talking about the pandemic you're like i needed connection like who's anyone to say to anyone you are not allowed to connect with another human being yeah Who is I like it? it's the basic it's the basic freedom like the canadian government was as stupid as hell with the with the lockdowns like the way I get it. You need to have some control over and limit the movement of people but like a year and a half like you kidding me like, come on, you know? <laughs> like we had it. Like, I think Australia is the only country that had it worse than us. And maybe China also has it very bad. In fact, it's so bad that they're, they still have it. They have a zero COVID policy, which is, it's just so unrealistic and stupid, you know? So, but yeah, like, I don't agree with the way the Canadian government handled it. I would have done it very differently if it was me. I would have isolated the people who are at most risk, you know, like all the hotels are empty because nobody, no tourists are coming in. I would have isolated the more at risk people, get them a really nice hotel, make sure their food is taken care of, make sure they're comfortable. And then let the people who are keeping the economy afloat 
let them keep going to work you know so many people lost their jobs and their income and livelihood and it was just mismanaged so much that i don't know it was really bad unnecessary pain yeah, for so many people like repression yeah repression repression leads to depression leads to adversity also leads to great creativity so i mean from this you are you were able to create yeah that's all i pain. could do i had i had nothing else to do with my time so I made tons of music. I think I, I think I actually took a tally. I recorded something like 54 songs in 2020. It was nuts. Like yeah. the amount of, yeah, that was a lot. I had nothing else to do. I couldn't go to, go to the gym. I couldn't do jujitsu. You couldn't go out with friends. You can't do anything. You can't go on a date. You can't do anything. You couldn't, we, there was just nothing to do other than this. So that's when I wrote my book. I wrote my, I did my courses. Like I did, I even made some sample packs. Like I did so much stuff that I normally wouldn't have. So there was some good that came out of it for sure. I love that your course needs to be out there for people to buy and download. Yeah, it's on my website. I just don't promote it just because I just don't have time right now to do it. But who just knows in the future. To promote that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Help many. Yeah. I'm looking forward to your uh, upcoming book and everything. Yeah. I'll make sure I read that. On love. Yeah. Healing everything through love. And obviously these podcasts will end up being in my book as in like my own ones, like almost like chapters of my book. Like excerpts and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can take yeah. pieces of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'll be that. cool. And I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. Yeah. Is that, I think it's just living your passion. It makes me happy more than anything else. It makes me really, really fulfilled to create. I think that life sells you this illusion and we can, we can look again to like social media, but to the self-help world of doing a vision board with material things and things that you might want, but really it comes from soul and living for me anyway, your soul's purpose. Mm -hmm. And when you're living your purpose and for me, it's always serving. It gives me the most happiness and serving and connecting, like speaking to you, like, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. As long as I'm doing this, I could be anywhere. I could be on a beach or I could be here at home. As long as I'm doing this, I'm like, my creativity is like, woohoo. <laughs> I can't explain it. And it's finding them things in your life that no one can take from you. Like I was in lockdown, probably in one of the worst financial positions of my life, going through the most conflict. And yet my acting, nobody could take away that joy and that pleasure. Yeah. Because absolutely. it was something that I found and I created, and that's what I would encourage everyone, like not to get, because we've talked about this before, haven't we? Like not to get sucked up in that illusion of that picture perfect life, which really doesn't fulfill your soul. What fulfills your soul is this and doing what you love. Absolutely, 100%. And I think the world would be a happier place if more people pursued what they wanted to, but obviously it's not always realistic for a lot of people. And, uh, like, I'm very lucky that I even had the, the privilege to be even be able to start, you know? So I'm very I grateful love that, for that. Though. I would challenge that because it's not about the end goal. It's about the journey, who you meet along the way. And it's about just doing it. So with the essence of the acting, I will probably put together a method around this, but it's like just acting out your shadow and your darkness and different things that you're scared to do. Yeah. Like integrates you as a person. 
And yeah, it's not I about want. being there at the end goal or, you know, creating a show or being on stage. And as you said, what you've done and what I'm doing, maybe people won't won't get there, but it's like, just that, that doesn't matter. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, what fall. I meant was like, not yes, everybody even know, has. Yeah, no, what I meant was that not everyone has even the, like, let's say if you're a poor kid in Somalia and you want to be an actor, like, it's just not realistic because of your situation, you know? But like, yeah, if you if you grew up in the West and you're born here, then yeah, those opportunities are probably more possible for you. So not everyone is as lucky as me, you know, to be able to just be like, oh, I want to be a, I want to be an artist, you know? So that, that's kind of what I meant with the whole being able to do it. But yeah, no, I hear yeah, you. It shouldn't be about the end goal. Yeah, it's just about enjoying it. It's just yeah. about, you know, just enjoying it, like, and that connection and who you meet along the way and what lights you up. Like, if that's singing, I can't sing, by the way, but well, not like I can't sing. But I, I don't know. You have, a, a you have a nice speaking voice, so who knows? Maybe you can. I never forget that's why I was bullied, actually, at school, <laughs> because I thought I could be a singer. So I was bullied. Oh, trust me, people bullied me, too. So, yeah. I Did mean. They? Not in the way that, uh, I mean, it's more like like discouragement. They're like, oh, don't do it. It's too hard, this and that, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah, you like, you know how they say they bullied you because secretly they're probably jealous of you. So that's probably what it was, right? For anyone that's got bullied... I think if you, again, if you're not a follower and you're a bit eccentric and I was on stage singing Feed the World and, you know, putting yourself out there, if you're doing that and you're putting yourself out there, then you're, you're standing out, you know, it's like when you're an artist, people, you're going to get trolls, you're going to get people and that's yeah. all good. It's all part of the process. If you want to sit down and do what everyone else is doing, you know, what's yeah, the anytime, quote? I love it. So like, mm. Yeah, no, anytime you do anything that's not, that's out of the ordinary, you are going to attract some hate and trolling it's just part of the game it's just part of it and brilliant that i experienced that at a young age because it made me more resilient yeah and i think sure. resilience is what you need in the creative industry oh my god like this is the music business is not for the weak and i'm sure acting is the same but like the music industry is absolutely brutal like if you you need like you need to be made of steel to survive it it's it's so cutthroat and brutal and the competition is so insane that it's the weak simply can't survive it. And I think all when I see this is that I see it's like a big heart and it's almost like love becomes your superpower. And I'll give you an example. It's just so random. This woman was shouting at me today and maybe I parked somewhere I shouldn't. She was like, you should know that. And I was just like, oh, you know, I just sent her loads of love. And I was just like, really sorry apologies you know and like people you can't when you're in love people can't fight with that you know when mm. you know who you are and you go you know what i know myself hands up i know my shadow i know what's good i know i know what i love i know what i don't love when you know yourself it's got, you can say whatever you want to me it's not about me it's not about you and i know myself so i'm okay with that and it's it's just inspiring others to do the same right to, that's to very go. interesting yeah that's a very interesting way to handle a confrontation something that I can learn from. Yeah, that's really cool. 
that you have so much confidence because in who you understand. are that, yeah it doesn't affect like your ego doesn't get involved in the conflict yeah that's cool i admire that oh no because it's not about me that's about her she's going through her stress it's how she sees the world i can look at it and go i can't really understand that because okay maybe i parked there i mean i'm not going to see my kids for 10 days and maybe i'm a little bit okay cool or you know, the other guy who parked somewhere similar, he just lost his wife. And if somebody can't put, is, is so stressed in their own life, they have to project their hate or their issues or not even just calmly go, okay, like what's happening to the other person? No, I've just got to send them love because they obviously have no power in their own life. Yeah, that's and true. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I, about me. I don't want them to affect my reality. Like I'm all good. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I've had this, and I've grown a lot because I used to have a very short temper, and I still do to some degree, but I've gotten a lot better at managing it. You know, like somebody annoys me in public, like I, there were times where I screamed at people in public just because they've done something to me, and I'm not like crazy, like I'm, I don't just go do it, but it's happened, and I when I when I think back on it, I'm like, was that really the best way to handle that situation? It didn't really make anything better, you know, so. I think the way you handled it is way better. It's much more effective. And then there's no bad blood after either. So, yeah. I just think we when all... you respect you, when you, when you know you, it's almost like, cool, it's not about me. And, oh, God, I'm, maybe I shouldn't part there. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, who can argue with someone that goes, like, I'm sorry, you know, like, you know, and it's a, and it's a power thing. It's, it's really sad at the moment. There's a lot of collective anger. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are having their power taken away. And I have compassion for that. For sure. You do. That's uh, and, a really healthy perspective. And I don't want people to um, affect my vibration. Like I had that growing up. Yeah, like just when being I had angry. So much anger around me. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've done a lot of work on that because I've had, I think my... Uh, I just, I've always had a short, it's something I inherited from my dad, a short temper, you know, like, and obviously it doesn't come off on social media. It, it's not that it goes off all the time, but when it does, it can be pretty nasty. And it's something that I've learned to control and not let, because if you think about it, what is anger? It's just you indulging and feeding your ego, you know, it feels mm-hmm. good in the moment. But then as soon as you come down from your anger high, it's not, you feel like shit afterwards. So it's not. It's not good for the people that you do it to, you know, it's not fun for them either. So it's not something. So I think the way you handled that was perfect. I'm not quite there yet, but <laughs> soon, hopefully. Well, it's almost like, I don't know. I, I think I saw so, of it, so much of it growing up. Like, again, maybe it doesn't affect me as much. And I know that my, that was coming from my parents being in an unhappy place. Yeah. And then. I think when you're more at a calm, peaceful stage, people can't trigger your vibrational energy and others don't affect it. Only you're, you're almost affecting theirs. That's the mm-hmm. goal. For sure. I agree. Very interesting. But there's nothing with a bit of anger. I find a, a little bit oh, of anger I, quite sexy, to be honest with you. I enjoy a bit of, of acting, a bit of anger. Some of it is, uh, like, I think, some of it, sometimes you need it, you know? But I think in most situations... Uh, uh, like I think there was a one time yeah like it just depends on the situation I think in most cases it'll make things worse so it's better to handle it 
the way you did, you know, calmly and having empathy for that person. Maybe they're having a bad day, right? You don't know that. Maybe it wasn't personal. I don't think it's. Nece- I don't think it's. I don't think it's necessary that maybe. But then it's not judging that, right? And then I'm. It's me stepping outside of judgment, and then understanding there's something around power there. Maybe they didn't have that power in their own life. Mm-hmm. There's some. There's something, and everyone has the right to have to feel powerful. And if that's what they need in that moment, okay. I don't need to live my life like that. Yeah, and yeah. I don't need to let others affect me because once somebody has affected me in that situation, they've won. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, true. Very interesting. Their energy's overpowered my energy. If I'm having a good day and somebody comes up to me and shouts and screams and swears at me, and I let that out overpower me, well, their energy's affected my energy, and they've won, and I'm left then with this emotion. Really, when you're centered, nothing really should really throw you and affect you. That's true. That's amazing. That's definitely something to aspire to. Slowly, I'm getting there. But it's too. like martial arts. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I've I've reacted badly in some situations in 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 the past. Like when like my relatives annoyed me, or or if somebody in public like cuts me off or does something stupid, you know. Uh, I think I would handle it much better now. But when I was younger, like, yeah, like if somebody I've, I think it's one guy like blocked at the entrance of like the mall or something. And I waited for him to come back and I just screamed at him because he blocked like 50 cars from being able to come in. And I couldn't believe how selfish he was that he did that, you know? So I'm like, there's no, there's no fucking way in hell I can let this guy get away with this. <laughs> you know? So I just, I ripped his head off. Like I just screamed at him so much. And then he was like visibly scared, like, cause he thought he was going to get assaulted and I'm glad I did it. Like, I'm glad I made him aware of what he did, but maybe the way I did it wasn't the right way to do it, you know? And I don't even know this guy. I just, just screamed at him, you know, like, and because like, I was so irritated at the fact that like, how could he be so selfish? Like, how could he do this? You know? So I actually waited for him to come back to his car just so I could scream at him. And, uh, <laughs> that was, that this was like years, like 10 years ago. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't think I would. Do something I love like that it. Now. I love it though because it's a value, right? So if you've got a high value that's being stepped on, that's going to happen, right? It, it was so disrespectful. So like I couldn't believe. Yeah, it wasn't even just me. Like look at the all the other. There was like a lineup of cars trying to get in, and you just you just didn't care. You know, I'm like this. I can't let that slide. Like this was disrespect on a level that like nobody should be able to get away with that. It was so disrespectful to every other. He doesn't own that mall, you know, or whatever. Like what gives him the right to do that? So I'm like. Like, fuck this. So there's no way I'm going to let this slide. So I just like, like, he was like literally shaking in fear when I was, because I literally came right beside his window and I just screamed at him for like five minutes straight. Like, and it was, <laughs> it was a little funny, but like, like, I think like he was like a kid, like, probably like a teenager. And I just like ripped his head off and it was, <laughs> it was funny, but yeah, like, obviously it's not something good to do in public. Do you know what it reminds me of? What does it remind you of? Like a father having a go at his son. Yeah. I mean, I was barely older than him at that time, but still, yeah, I, I, I see your point. Yeah. It's like the mirror of your childhood, right? So we're looking, running like 95% of our life on our subconscious mind and we're going, okay, this is how we're conditioned. You do something wrong. You've disrespected, you know, this is da, da, da. You've not followed the rules. So I need to tell you now 
and you know it's like it's a, it's just the subconscious mind right naught to seven that's how your dad acted made to you mm-hmm. and i could be totally wrong so please forgive me not always yeah it's... sometimes but like with me but there's an element of well, the that good, coming the, out the good like, news is father, authoritarian figure that was in your life maybe that's i didn't think of it that way but like the good news is i'm sure that guy never did that again after getting that verbal assault he probably never did that but again. maybe maybe not i remember i remember being hit as a child i still did it again i did wow. i remember it didn't stop me so you know does being in that stop well, he's probably gonna think like maybe maybe i'll time? maybe he's gonna cross the wrong person next time you know and so maybe he'll be scared to do it again yeah but we don't know i never saw the guy again so who knows we don't know his mum could yeah. have died the day before and he could have been all over the place yeah that's the thing and i didn't who think knows? of that exactly you know so like obviously i could have handled it better i mean i didn't need yeah, to scream yeah, at him knows? i could have just said i could have just said hey man it's pretty selfish of you to block the entrance like that please don't do it again and that could have been the end of it like i didn't need to scream at him for five minutes you know so yeah and it's good that you can reflect on it and also yeah. it's around authority like i'm hearing like authority and obeying rules and there's something around that and i don't know i just feel that that's yeah that's a whole other topic would... <laughs> yeah yeah that could go yeah. down but if there is an element of that right i don't think i've always been <sighs> there was rules when i grew up but there was an element of i suppose i was punished quite harsh- harshly Oh my God, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, but I've never gone up to anyone. And have I ever done that? Put an authority on them to do something or to tell them? No, I haven't. Maybe it's. It wasn't about authority. It was just like, just just lack of courtesy on his part. Like, I'm like, how how can you do this to so many people? You know, and like all the other people are probably going to be too scared to say anything. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll do it because I'm, I wasn't scared to say it. So. Yeah. And I can totally understand, like, you know, but there's an element of, I don't know, it's not, doesn't bother me that much. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Think of times when I've done stupid <laughs> things. Honestly, I can. I can think of times when I've probably parked in stupid places, driven stupidly, um, just because I wasn't grounded from my own mm. trauma. Interesting. And um, how I couldn't do it to someone else because I know I've probably been probably done the most awfulest driving in my life, not intentionally, but because. I haven't been as present in my life as I've, I've wanted to be in certain stages and, you know, and mm-hmm. I've had people shout and scream at me in the car. Uh, wow. I can't believe like, that. So You're sorry. so nice. Why would everybody yell at you? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny. So I can't do it to someone else. Um, I haven't done it in a long time. So making progress. It's been years. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, amazing. I think it's the collective anger that we're saying at the moment. And I know the anger, like, we need a release of anger. So, yeah, like, I'm not karate. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, I I do jujitsu. Because I have a lot of anger around me. It's funny, like, uh, I'll do jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah, like, those are all good. Like, for me, like, I'm not an angry person at all. It's just that, like, when there's a certain line that gets crossed, then, then the gloves come off and 
all hell can break loose at that point. But normally I'm totally chill and easygoing. Even in jujitsu, if somebody accidentally knees me in the face, like I won't lose my. It's part of the sport and happens. You know that something like that. It's more about like when somebody's like blatantly disrespectful. You know, like I think some. Yeah, it's high value around respect. Like one guy, like he, I think he yelled at my mom or something in public or something. I'm like, are you fucking stupid? Like, and and then like I, obviously at that point, like my temper floor like started flaring like crazy. You know, so, but that's like a blatant disrespect, you know, so those are the triggers where I feel like a little bit of anger comes in handy. But other than 99% of situations, it's completely useless. I, yeah, there's an element of being a protector. Exactly. Protecting the ones that you love. Um, yeah. And also like knowing when your prefrontal cortex gets triggered. Yeah. Like if somebody yells at my mom or something or my niece or something i'm not gonna i can't let that slide you know there's just no way i can let that go unchecked so yeah it's, there's probably uh, like the protector instinct probably something like that <laughs> that's probably what it was yeah yeah like i think we all have that in us i think when we're we've got that fierce but you know what's brilliant amir is just owning it and you know owning like you know we all have this you know, and I think if we're pushed in certain situations, most people would react in similar ways. And, you know, as I grew up in a very volatile environment where I had constant people shouting and screaming, I know that, for example, if I got into a relationship where someone was shouting at me a lot, I'm going to mirror neurons. You end up mirroring someone else if yeah. you're not in a state of calm. If you don't meditate, if you don't, you know, you're going to end up mirroring that. And I don't want to be around that. Because I don't, I've seen it. I agree. 100%. And when you've got that trauma, know who activates that trauma and who doesn't. Yeah, 100%. Who brings the peace to you and the calm and who makes you just want to just, ah, oh, you don't want to be around that. <laughs> For sure. It's just too unpleasant to be around. I agree. Yeah, that was a, uh, we unpacked a lot there. <laughs> Lots to think we about. We did unpack quite a lot there. We did. We did. And we did like talk on this amazing subject around porn before. Yeah, that's a interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that again, something very bad for society. It's, it goes to like the dopamine, right? Like it's too much dopamine. It's like eating candy all day. It's the same thing for your brain. You know, your brain can't tell the difference. So you get constant dopamine hits. That's why social media is bad for you too, because it's con every time you get a like or a comment and you're constantly checking for more. And that's the same thing with porn or from eating candy and all that. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call here. Let me just mute this. <laughs> that was just, I mean, I just think again, it's very inspirational because it's a lot around the way you make love is the way you live your life, right? And it's around the performance sometimes around that. Yeah. Terrible for society, you know, so bad for the brain, too much dopamine. So that's my take on that. But uh, that's a very interesting subject for sure. Yeah. And it's just around, you know, dropping into what's real and what's not. Yeah, it's obviously it's all fake. It's an, it's acting, right? And 
Yeah. It's like social media. Social media is mostly fake. People only show their best highlights of their life. You know, so it's like that's why you shouldn't compare yourself to people on social media e either. Yeah, I love it. I love I love that, you know, like you've just been so authentic and honest and just been like this is yeah. the shadow stuff. I try to keep this it is real. who I am. Yeah. This is what I don't like. I want deep connection. I don't want the artificial. Like you may think it's great to get to me and have all these likes and have this music, but I don't want these women like that are just throwing themselves yeah. at me. Yeah, it depends. Like if they're cool and somebody you can have a connection with, then sure, you know. But yeah, just for like just bullshit or whatever. No, there's no time for that. <laughs> you know, so. The chuck away mentality, isn't it? It's like, yeah, there's no again, time for... It's instant gratification, right? Like, it comes down to that, like we discussed earlier. But, um, yeah, too much of that in the world. I love it because you're an example of courage, discipline, authenticity, and how you've come on that journey of remaining true to you is admirable admirable thank you appreciate it. same with you and i hope you inspire many other men if you I could speak so, yeah. to like a man yeah what would you say around that uh to men i don't know i haven't thought about it yeah but maybe just don't be uh i don't know like hit the gym do a martial art chase your goals and dreams don't be a thirsty idiot on social media leaving comments on girls as pictures and like like don't do stupid shit like that you know and it just makes you look dumb and pursue your goals put your energy into things that are gonna move your life forward rather than yeah like being and clowning around on social media and like liking every girl's picture and you know like doing you know how most <laughs> guys behave or sliding like i'm sure you know like you probably get a lot of bad dms from <laughs> from a lot of guys and stuff like yeah like i don't i hate. I just see it men. as loneliness you know it is loneliness because loneliness social media well, social media has done that right but like you can still control your own actions i mean come on like you think i think you feel better about yourself right it's almost like i feel better about myself when i'm doing what i love and creating and i think that's what you're saying like find your passions because exactly, there's nothing yeah. more sexy there's nothing more sexy than a man that's doing what he loves and that's doing his passion. And also in a relationship, you can keep falling in love with that person again and again and again. If they're falling in love with themselves and what they're doing and what they're creating. Exactly, yeah. So that's what it's I, very sexy. You nailed it, yeah, exactly. So follow that. I think that's a better pursuit. So, yeah. I'm glad I got to get my... And channel uh, that energy into that. Exactly. I'm glad I got to get my opinions and two cents out. Thank you for providing me that Thank platform. You. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've yeah. enjoyed it. Thank you for the honor. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank Damn, we've so been talking much. for two hours. That's crazy. Time flew. I know. Wow. What are we going to do? We're still recording this now. We're going to probably edit some of it down. Yeah, we can do that. Or I think we should be think? okay. I mean, I... Yeah? I'm, I think you could just post it, but are you, did you stop recording it yet? Yeah, okay. I'm happy. No, okay, yeah. It.